0: We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to this message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. Hey, what is up, Relevant Church? I am Pastor Brian from Overflow Church in Benton Harbor. And I am so honored and humbled to be here and be with you today. I have known your pastor, Pastor Muta, since 2012, and he is incredible. And to see what God has done in and through him here as a part of Relevant is absolutely amazing. Come on, y'all. You just raised phase one for your new building. Come on. How amazing is God and what he is doing as a part of Relevant? And today, I get to share with you a word that God has put on my heart, and it's a phrase, fixing our eyes. Can you say that with me? Fixing our eyes. You know, our eyes right now are inundated with messages and things coming at us, and there's so many things that maybe are getting us out of focus. Maybe you, in fact, are just a little unsure about what what is in the vision for your life. I mean, how many of us started 2020 with a vision And hopes and dreams, and all of it looks different nine months later. As we get into this today, I believe God wants to speak to you and has something that will minister to you right where you're at. Let me show you this image here. Uh, You remember these when you were a kid, like you look at this image as it comes up here on the screen. What do you see? Some of you may see the A, some of you may see the car. Some of you may see the the binoculars, you know, the person looking uh, through those binoculars. Whatever we see determines in so many ways where we're headed. What we focus on, in fact, will determine what grows in our life. And this is a season to call things back into clarity. Back in 2004, uh, one of the most incredible Olympic stories that ever unfolded happened, not for a good reason, but for a really crazy reason. This man, Matthew Edmonds, riflerist, he, he is the guy, he is the one that everyone knows is gonna lock up this gold and win. As the Olympics unfold in 2004, he is doing his thing. So much so that when he gets into the, the last round, can you imagine, there he is, he's aiming at the target. He's got it in his sights, in his vision, he's looking. And, and in that moment, He actually pulls the trigger, hits right where he needs to, because here's the thing, he didn't need a bullseye to get gold. He just needed to get close. And he knew he did it, but then he looks at the scoreboard and goes, wait, something's wrong, it didn't score. And so he thinks there's a technical issue, and then here is a picture of him with the look on his face. Can you see the look? That look is because he, in that moment, realized he had done what's called crossfiring. He had actually fired at the wrong target. I believe many of us in 2020 have realized that we've been firing at the wrong target. And as we are fixing our eyes on Jesus today, I want to turn to Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to just dive into these two verses. Let's go there right now. In Hebrews 12, picking up in verse 1, it says, Therefore, Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down, at the right hand of the throne of God. As you think about fixing our eyes, let me pray because I believe that God is gonna touch some deep places in our lives to help us get our eyesight and our vision right. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your word. God, may you bless not just the reading of your word, But the preaching of it now, Father, may you anoint this word in a way that speaks to people right where they're at. May our eyes be fixed. May we see you in new ways. May we walk forward with clarity and purpose as a part of the community you've called us to be in. God, we thank you and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, can I get an amen? Give that shout out, give that, you know, in fact, you know, I come from a church we like to say we're a talk back church. And so I think there's some live hosts right now that are ready to hear your comments, your feedback, and so give it to them. Let them know you're there. As we look at this passage, in verse 1 it said, therefore. Anytime we see therefore in the Bible, we need to ask the question, well, what's it there for? Right? And, And here's why that is there. If you go back to Hebrews 11, the author has laid out for us what we know in many circles as the hall of fame of faith. It's this reality of all of these incredible people that followed God by faith. That in fact were what Hebrews describes as the cloud of witnesses. And each of them were commended not because they always saw what they had hoped for. They had a vision of God and where he was leading them and they followed by faith. Some of them saw the results in their lifetime, some did not but they still lived by faith. And so in verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1, it's saying, Therefore, because of them, because of this cloud of witnesses, we are to walk by faith. Let us be those kind of people. Now, for some of us, the last six months... With COVID-19 and the pandemic, even the fact that you're watching this online, for some of us means we have felt more isolated, more alone, more lonely, if we're really honest, than ever. This thing has changed community. It's changed relationships. It's changed work. It's changed church. And what we need to be reminded of and fixing our eyes is that There is this cloud of witnesses that we're never alone. As the people of God, God's presence is with us. He's also placed us in community. And while that community may look different, we still stand by faith together. And we walk out our faith, not just because of today, but what those before us walked out. That's part of the beauty of being in the kingdom of God as we each fulfill our part in our season. And so it says there, because of that cloud of witnesses, let us, and and did you catch it? Let us start stripping and stop tripping. <laughs> you, you just tuned in, right? Let us start stripping and stop tripping. What it means is to start getting rid of the weights in our life, to strip away the things that are so heavy, I mean, some of us, if we're honest, let me, let me grab these, uh, are walking around carrying heavy weights and heaviness that we weren't meant to carry. You're, you're walking not just with one handful, but two. And I want to ask you the question, what are you carrying? Because here in this passage, part of getting ready to, to be who God has called us to be To fix our eyes will come in a minute. But he's saying, let us get rid of the weights. And so what are you carrying in this season, you know? It's interesting, isn't it? How many of us believe in Jesus, but carry the shadow of shame? How many of us realize that Jesus has forgiven us and set us free, but that we still live with this shadow of shame around our life. You see, shame and guilt, condemnation, those aren't from Jesus. Jesus came to set us free and to get rid of those weights and those things that are just too much for us to carry. So we need to strip off that weight. Some of you, it's not the shame it's actually the pain that you actually are carrying around the pain of your past. Maybe things you've done or that others have done to you. And I just want you to know that, that part of fixing our eyes is realizing that a passage like this is saying we don't have to hold on to those things anymore. That that pain has a purpose that in fact pain is something as we reveal it God can heal it that God wants to actually come into those places of pain and birth our very purpose. So I don't know what you've been through, but I do know that if you have breath, you have purpose. And that there is a God who is ready to say, hey, let go, strip off those weights and walk with me. You know what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30? Amazing what he said to his followers, to those that would not just believe in him, but would follow him. Here's what he said in Matthew 11. He said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I'll give you rest. I'm going to be the first. I'm going to just pause there because I'm going to be the first to say, 2020 has been heavy, y'all. It has been heavy. pandemic, Cultural, political unrest, systemic racism, all of the things that are in the news, the election coming up, it has been heavy. And you and I weren't designed to carry all this weight on our own. Jesus is just waiting. He goes on to say, Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. See, religion somehow adds burdens and adds weight. Tells us there's things we need to do. Things that we're supposed to make happen. Jesus says, no, no. A relationship with me? Just follow me. I'm going to take that weight. You follow me and I'm going to give you rest for your soul Some of us right now need to to strip off those weights and to let Jesus have our pain, carry our shame. How do we do that? We we do it by beginning to just call on Jesus' name, to say, Jesus, I can't carry this anymore. I, I need to hand this to you. I need to lay this down. I need to let go. So what are you carrying and what do you need to bring to him? He's ready. He's saying, come to me. So we stop and we strip off those things and we stop tripping. It actually talked about the sin that trips us up, right? And so I want to ask you, have you been tripping? (laughs) Have you actually been tripping in 2020? Like, what's going on in your life? Because part of what we need to look at is not just socially distancing ourselves from others. But why don't we socially distance ourselves from sin? To actually realize that sin is missing the mark of what God intended for us. That God, in fact, has a great plan for us. And that plan is so good that sin is the thing that entangles us and trips us up and keeps us from being who He created us to be. And so if we were to socially distance ourselves from sin, what would that mean for your life today? Let let me grab these again and just again say that that maybe for you it's not that you're carrying weights, but there's sin that's entangling you, it's trapping you. And, And on one hand, it may be yours, but on the other hand, it may be somebody else's. This is the thing that really has been ministering to my soul over the last few months. So I'm going to just be completely open and honest and vulnerable with you. Can I do that? Can I tell you a little bit of my story? Because in my story, I believe one of my breakthroughs has been realizing that, yes, there is sin that I need to get free of that's mine, but that there's actually sin that has come against me that I didn't ask for. I didn't cause it. It was somebody else's against me. And to realize that some of the sin entangling me was me getting free of other sin against me has been so free. And you see, for many times, my eyes were, it's, it's my fault. I did it. I caused it. What, what did? I, what can I learn from it? I need to fix my eyes. And God has been showing me that there are times where I haven't necessarily done anything. It's theirs. And that is so freeing to begin to realize that God says, I love you, I've forgiven you, and I also want to help you forgive those who have sinned against you. God is a God, as I said, who wants to heal. And what we'll reveal He can heal. In Hebrews 12, verse 14 through 15, just a few verses later, it says this. It says, work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other that so none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. What is he getting at here? He's saying that there is a sin that will entangle us. And sometimes that sin is obvious, right? It's the things that maybe our eyes are looking at or that we're doing. But sometimes it's not quite as obvious. It's people that have sinned against us and and we feel kind of a certain way, right? Like we get upset and we're not sure what to do with it and to make sense of it, we begin to carry it and allow it to entangle us and before long, we're in a place where there's bitterness and there's anger building. You see, Jesus came to establish a kingdom, a church that, that extends that kingdom by bringing people together. Romans 12 verse 18 says that if it's at all possible, we're to live in harmony with one another. And so our, our job in getting free of the sin that entangles us is to make sure that we are being peaceful And we are being forgiving and we're also welcoming God's forgiveness into those spaces. Did you know your bitterness can affect not just you but others? I mean, think about what this means in a time like this in our country and in our communities and even in our churches. This passage has so much to say to us of how we might be able to actually really get healthy. Now, all of this could be overwhelming, right? All of this could be so convicting and overwhelming. But the passage doesn't stop there. Here's what it says again in verse 2. We do this, so we do all of this that we just talked about, by keeping our eyes on Jesus, by fixing our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. You want to deal with the weight of the world? you want to deal with your sin or other sin against you? How do you do it? You do it by beginning to fix your eyes on Jesus. So many of us have had our eyes focused on other things. We've been running the wrong race and if 2020 didn't show us anything else, it's, it's this reality that many of us were chasing the wrong dream, trying to climb, climb the wrong ladder, and running the wrong race. i got to tell you this story. Uh, a few years back, I trained for a 10K. I know, I'm a big guy and you're going, what? Right? <laughs> and so I trained for this thing and I was so excited. I had done the work. I had a PR, like a personal best I was after. And so we show up at this race. And, and the race, we, so my wife and her twin are running the 5K. I'm running the 10K. And so we show up and we realize we showed up at the 5K start time, not the 10K. Uh, the 10K had already started. They were 10 or 15 minutes out onto the course. Now, I had trained for months. And so I had a decision to make. What race am I going to run? And and so I begin to run this race, and I get out there, and and keep in mind, it's been going for 10 or 15 minutes, I'm a larger guy, and so the crowd immediately thinks, oh, we need to cheer for him, he's the guy that's just barely surviving, right, like that, just off the couch, totally out of shape, like, and so literally, this entire race, people are like, yeah, you can do it, buddy, like, they're cheering me on, and I'm like, Uh, Hey, I'm actually killing it right now, but nobody's aware. Nobody realizes it. I'm starting to feel embarrassed and humiliated, and and it it gets really bad. On one of the last hills, I'm jogging up this hill, and I know I'm doing great, but I look to my left, and there's a senior citizen that is in full spandex, just power walking up the hill. And I'm like, oh, that's why I've been being cheered for. For five miles, she was ahead of me. And so at the very end, it gets better. I finish and I realize I've, I've actually beat my goal time, but nobody knows it. The medics rush over because I'm collapsing and they're bringing me water because they think that this guy just finished dead last. Here's how you get through moments when others are seeing and projecting things onto you. You focus on what you set out to do. You see, I I didn't feel bad about what was happening because I was focused on my goal. And I knew that I could do it. The author is saying, we're going to run this race with endurance by focusing on the goal. 2020 may have stripped away everything you had hoped for. You may be hurting right now, and you may be in a place where you're going, I don't know what's next. Fixing our eyes on Jesus will change everything. He is the good shepherd. He is the one that when we look up to him, he says, I see you. I haven't forgotten you. You may be hurting. You may be entangled in pain and sin, but I've got the answer. Jesus is there for us. And he is that good shepherd. And in Psalm, we we see actually in John 10, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. And I want to show you in Psalm 23, just six verses. I'm just going to read them to you, bang, bang, bang. And I want you to think about what these mean for your life. That if you're fixing your eyes on Jesus, who is this good shepherd, what might he have for you today? Here's what it says in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. You see, when we fix our eyes on Jesus, this tells us he's the one who meets our needs. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, this tells us he will give us rest. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, we can know He's the one who will guide our steps, who has the answers to the very decisions in front of us right now. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, we can be assured that in the face of a valley and darkness and evil and a pandemic, He will guide our steps and show us the way through. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, we can be assured that no matter who comes against us, whatever enemy we may face that he will use it to set us up he will bless us in the face of our enemies and when we fix our eyes on Jesus we can be assured that he is pursuing us with his goodness and his unfailing love be assured today that God has the answer that Jesus loves you and his goodness is chasing after you even right now I'm going to let you know that Jesus is everything you've been looking for in this season. And when you begin to fix your eyes on him, when you look to him and what he did for you on the cross, his death and resurrection, the abundant life he offers you, he is ready today to say, come to me. Fix your eyes on me. Follow me. And I've got the answers you're looking for. I'm going to pray for us. And I want to invite you, if you don't know Jesus, to receive him today. To say, that's what I've been missing. I need to fix my eyes on Jesus. I need to quit scrolling. I need to quit looking at all the, the other things that are out there and options. I need to just look to him. Because he is the good shepherd that will guide me forward. Jesus is ready to take away the weight. To take away all of our entanglements to heal our hearts, to deliver us from our sins, and to give us abundant life. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more messages like this one.